Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, Tuesdays, as you know, is the day when I normally do the show from the pulpit to the couch where you receive biblical teaching from someone in ministry as well as Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage family therapist. Now, I've been running around like a chick with my head cut off all day, so I'm not going to say we, we may have somebody here from ministry, in ministry, but by that same token, the topic that we're going to be talking about will have some biblical terms, some street terms, some slang terms, dealing with children, dealing with relationships, and we're going to be talking about temptations. And I'm not talking about temptations, the four tops, and all of that. We're talking about the old saying with Flip Wilson, you could say, the devil made me do it, or I was tempted to do this, but I changed my mind. So we're going to be talking about how do you resist temptation? Because there are things in life that can be very tempting. You know, my, my mother used to say, everything that glitters is not gold, and everything that shines is not a diamond. So when we talk about these things, how do you know when it's hot? Don't touch this. You know what? I don't know about that. And when I talk about resisting something or how to resist, it's first of all, you got to know what tempts us, how it tempts us, what happens when it tempts us, how to stop yourself, whether it's from lying, whether it's something sexual, whether it's food gambling, excessive relationships, what are your temptations? So let me log on my first caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, number ended in C20. How are you doing? Hello? Okay, you're on the air, but you're not saying anything. It's crazy because some of us don't even remember our last numbers because I don't even know my home number. But when we talk about temptation, and if you're out there on Facebook or you hear me through the radio and you want to talk about some ways that you can learn how to stop yourself in your tracks so you can break these bad behaviors, so you can break these cycles, of being tempted. You know, I used to tell individuals my thing was food. And I could truly say, over the past couple of months, I've been lost over 30-something pounds. So I'm getting my sexy back. <laughs> so food don't even tempt me no more, even though I've still got three refrigerators and a deep freezer. But by that same token, I'm not so tempted to just want to eat, eat, eat anymore, even though I wasn't an emotional eater. But what if it's not being an emotional eater? What if it's being a compulsive shopper? What if it's being a gambler? What if it's just telling lies for no reason? It's like you lie when didn't nobody even ask you to. You volunteered that. I want to say when we start talking about what tempts us, we got to have a sense of idea. And some people look at it as, weaknesses and strengths. And I'm not going to talk about it in the form of of a weakness because part of this is having a sense of awareness, of being aware. You know, because the one thing about the flesh, 
is we want immediate gratification. I want it and I want it now. But the problem is what you going to do when you get it. Things that we think is good to us may not be good for us. You know, I remember a couple of years ago I wanted a jazz. And my stepfather kept saying, but I know jazz. Jazz has too many maintenance problems. They told me all of this stuff, and I just love the body of a Jaguar. Every time I would go to the dealership, I would be so freaking tempted to buy that Jag. But I had to keep remembering what my stepfather said, baby. The maintenance fees go kick your butt. So my daughter bought a Range Rover. I didn't realize that the Range Rover was part of the Jaguar family, and she had all kind of maintenance problems. And I had to try to tell her later because she wanted a Range Rover, and she didn't know it was part of the Jag family. But I didn't get that tempted because every time I would go on the lot, I would resist, I would resist, I would resist. Okay, we have another caller calling in. And some will say, why would you even go on the lot? Because I want to look at it. <laughs> okay, um, well, caller, welcome. My name is Jeanette Abney. Welcome to Precious Predicaments Block Talk Radio. Number ending in 0361. What is your name and what would you like to add to the show? Hello, Jeanette. It's Ed. Hello, Mr. Ed. How are you doing? <laughs> okay. I'm just, um, for right now, I'm going to be a fly on the wall again for right now. Everybody want to be a fly on the wall, so you go resist the temptation to talk about this topic. So, but I, I have a question <laughs> for you because <laughs> you oh, know okay. the show is not rehearsed, rehearsed, is not script, is not any of that. But my question to you is because sometimes, from a male's perspective, men and women can have different temptations. You know, what are some of the things, and I want to just say, especially a middle-aged man, what are some of the temptations that a middle-aged man go through? Because one of the things that I was talking about was in regards to this, of finding ways to distract yourself and, you know, how to resist temptations and grow stronger. But what are some of the things that people, especially, you know, we, as kids we know what tempt us, Andy, you know, one of our side. What are some of the things that middle-aged men are tempted by? Wow, that's a weird question. (laughs) (laughs) Middle-aged men are tempted by. Hmm. I mean, I thought, (laughs) I mean, actually, I never thought of it like that. I mean, my temptations haven't changed because I became (laughs) middle-aged. I still have the same thoughts and ideals that I did when I was in my teens. I just don't okay. have the same so ambition, some of, of course. What are some of those things that you uh, think that you prior- want to do? Priorities are different, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Huh? Okay. So you said your priorities are different. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, you know, it, being middle-aged doesn't, doesn't mean you change being human. It just means no, that, uh, that you know, you know. You just don't have the same ambitions. You don't have, you know, like I said, priorities are different, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. what I used to thrive for when I was 19, I don't anymore, you know, mm-hmm. because I've already lived that part of my life, you know. You know mm-hmm. I've raised a family, you know. I've been, you know, married and divorced a couple of times, you know. 
Um, uh-huh. So I know about life. I know about certain. I've been here and there. You know, I've traveled uh-huh. a bit. You know, I've been I've been on the high, you know, on the high road and the low road. You know, so uh-huh. you know I know things. You know, <laughs> compared to a Correct. average, you know, eighteen, eighteen year old. You know. So mm-hmm. my, you know, so my goals are not going to be the same. You know, I mean, you know, of mm-hmm. course, I'm still having my, um, as far as temptations goes, it depends on what you're talking about. I noticed what you, you know, you said before with your promo about, um, you know, about, uh, you know, sex and 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 drinking and et cetera and so on. It could be food. It could be, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, it depends mm-hmm. on what your thing is. You know, it could, it could be a combination be of the things. Stop. To gamble, to hang yeah, out. It can be a lot of different things that can, and I want to call it luring, that looks like it's fun. Because fun means I don't think middle age is going to change that, though. You know, because you no, just, you know, it, it's, it's like this here. It depends on how you grow, you know, because when you're 20, you have a certain mindset, okay? And it depends on how you've grown from that point. Some people grow mm-hmm. to a great extent, and some people grow very little. It depends on, you know, mm-hmm. what the experience and what's what with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but in general, I think that would kind of vary. You know, well, I don't think there's no... One of the reasons why I asked you that question with middle-aged men is because there's a thing that, Middle-aged men sometimes go through what's called midlife crisis, and when they're going through their midlife crisis, crisis sometimes they can be tempted to do certain things that they normally wouldn't do based on impulses. Because sometimes when we talk about temptation or compulsiveness, you can also can see where individuals may have what's called poor impulse control, and it makes it very difficult for them to resist some of the things, whether it's women, whether it's, you know, want to hang out with their friends or even playing golf. You know, it could be something that's not a bad habit, but it could be very tempting to do these things or wanting to do these things. And we're going to be talking about how do you stop yourself from doing some of these things, especially if it's causing difficulties in your relationship, in your home, in your mental mindset, your mental health, because a disruption, if you're doing too much of anything, you got to do things in moderation. And so one of the things we start talking about, just not only to resist it, but we got to know, is it good or bad to resist temptation and avoid tempting situations? You know, you don't want to be, if you know you got a sexual demon, you don't need to be in those strip clubs. Or you don't need to be hanging out at bars if you know you have a drinking problem. With me, I like to eat. Somebody tell me, let's go to the restaurant. I want to go to the buffet because I want a variety of food. You know, so they knew if you're going to take Jeanette out to eat, you better take her to a buffet. And most of my friends would know that I'm busy throughout the day so if they wanted to spend time with me, they'll be like, Jeanette, you want to go eat? Jeanette, you want to go? And now I don't have this desire for food right now for some reason. So it's not very tempting to me. So when we start talking about tempting situation, and I want to read something, and it talks about the Lord Jesus taught his disciples to ask God, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
and that's in Matthew 6, 13. So sometimes we got to ask somebody or have somebody monitor to make sure we avoid situations. I used to, I, I, I used to tell individuals the casino was my therapy. I love playing blackjack. My grandmother taught me how to play every game but poker. She was like, do not play poker. And one day I went to the casino, and I heard this woman went $20,000. And I said, I'm playing the wrong game. I'm going to be playing blackjack, $35 a hand. This woman just won $20,000. Then one December, I took my cousin, and we went to Paula Casino. And I, when, I, when the woman won the 20000 I switched tables, and I started playing. I won a little money, not a whole lot. But then when I took my cousin on her birthday, I got a flush, and the dealer had a flush. The dealer's flush was higher than my flush. I had $10 in the spot. $10 won me $10,000. Ed, I didn't even know what the hell I did. <laughs> I'm standing there. They shutting everything down because you did this one, $10,000, plant, poker. But it became empty. And all I remember my grandmother saying is, don't play poker. Leave poker alone. And even though it was three-hand poker. So when I go to Vegas, I don't like how they play three-hand poker in Vegas. But the thing is, the temptation, and I have to resist it. Now, I don't even have to decide to even go to the casino. I don't even want to go. Because sometimes I see people gamble compulsively and waste their money. So these are some of the things that we start talking about, avoiding situations. So since you said I kind of threw you off key, what are some of the ways that individuals can do or some things they can do to avoid tempting situations? At you still, are you still talking to me? So, so to avoid yeah. um, uh, to to avoid tempting uh, situations is basically, it, you know, it, and once again, it depends. You know, it depends on where you are. You know, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. it depends on where you are on that level. Like, say, for instance, you're talking, for example, the gambling thing. If you really have in your mind not to gamble, then it shouldn't be that hard to deter from it. But if you actually are one of those kind of people that have a problem with gambling, you know, like like that old Fred Flintstone cartoon, and somebody said the word bet, and he goes, bet, 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 goes crazy. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Just, you know, they can, just, they can just smell a casino, and they just go crazy, you know. And uh-huh. um, so, it, you know, so if you, have, if you have that kind of an issue, then that's, that's something different. You have to do something to, to help you not go there, you know. So, My you know, so it depends on the level the where you are. Yeah. Huh? My daughter used to say I was the happiest person at the casino because I walked in and I'm like a kid at Disneyland or I'm like a, a heavy set kid with a with a cake. You know, I'm the happiest. I'm smiling. I'm having a good time. I'm, you know, and I'm going in there. I'm sitting there. I'm praying. I'm doing therapy. I'm talking to strangers. I would literally have a good time. But then I would have a limit. And if I didn't want to go home, I'll say, come, let me go to the ATM machine. And if I ran out of money before I was ready to go home, then I'm sneaking, peeking around to see if anybody see me on the ATM machine. But by that same token, I've watched people lose thousands and thousands of dollars, and I would get disgusted. Like, you know what? This is a waste. 
But I had to realize it was a waste of time because I needed to be at home doing other things instead of sitting in a casino. Even though I enjoyed the atmosphere right now, it's not a, it's just like, it's not appealing to me anymore. So when we start talking about these things and we're talking about ways to not only resist it, but you got to first acknowledge what tempts you. you got to acknowledge, meaning uh, what is enticing me, what is luring me, what is, you know, and I, would, <laughs> I don't want to say my little thing, my little spiel. I used to tell my clients why I go. But it, to me, it was very therapeutic. But by that same token, I didn't go, if I won, I won. If I lost, I lost. It was no big deal. But what if you are lying? What about individuals that are impulsive liars? How do they resist the temptation to just tell you a story for no reason? I got a son to do that. My son, I'll be like, why would you lie when the truth will do? I didn't even ask for that. What about that one, Ed? What do you, how do you resist the temptation and just lie? Do you think you just, you want to tell a story because you want some attention? you think somebody want to, I, I don't get that part. Well, you got some people. They, uh, they, they, they uh, you know, they, they, they just they have they, they're obsessed with, uh, with the lie. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, these are the kind of people that lie when they don't have to. They just do it just just mm-hmm. because they just. Some people are just like that. They'll lie at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. That's just who they are. You know, I mean, you know, anything. You know, they'll just lie. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know. And God, you know, I've known people like that. I've had people in my family like that. I've, I've known people, you know, like so-called buddies that was like that. And they'll just lie mm-hmm. and travel the hat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as far as that goes, uh, how would you, you know, not do it? Well, first off, you have to want to not do it. <laughs> you know, there because you people that lie, they generally, generally lie because they want to. <laughs> so the first thing, the first well, step to not doing it is not, is not one to do. Right. <laughs> some people will lie to avoid the truth. Some people don't realize that a, a half lie is still a whole. A half lie is still a whole lie. And um, you know, I'm looking at some information in regards to lying and how to stop. And it says, what should to lie? One, stop justifying dishonesty. Because one time, sometimes what they do is they start believing their lies. And one lie leads to another lie leads to another lie. I tell individuals, I am very honest because I'm going to remember the truth. I'm going to remember what I told you. So if you come back and you ask me today, tomorrow, next week, next year, I will still remember what I said. Because the lie is not going to, I mean, the truth is not going to change. A lie is going to change. Number two, understand why you lie. Are you lying to avoid getting in trouble because of consequences? Are you lying to gain something? What is the purpose of the lie? Consider the consequences. Some individuals are not aware or just they just don't believe that they are going to be faced with consequences. But consequences can be good, consequences can be bad. Put your relationship first. Before you just open your mouth to blurt out that lie, consider and putting your relationship first. Remember that lies create stress because most people don't want to be exposed. You have to learn how to practice being authentic. Some individuals that hate practice because they're not used to being authentic. 
they're not used to. I, I remember with me owning an outpatient um, drug program. Quiet one time, she was very young, 27 years old, tore up about three or four cars. Parents told her, if you stay sober for 90 days, we'll buy you a BMW. It was BMW next to something like that. I asked her one day, when did you last use? She said, I haven't used since I've been in your program. I started laughing. She said, why are you laughing? I said, because you're lying to me. She looked at me and said, what was I supposed to say? <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> am I really supposed to say I had a drink the other day? Am I really supposed to? No, you don't have to lie to me. But her question to me was, what was I supposed to say? And what I did was I laughed. I stood right there and I laughed. So when we start talking about being authentic, sometimes people lie because they think revealing their true feelings about something will lead to rejection. And the problem is that by hiding what you really feel or think, you're not giving people the opportunity to know how you how you feel. Are you not giving them the opportunity to even you're taking away their choices and their options. And what happens is when you feel the need to maintain a facade, you're going to mess up those relationships. But by being honest, you'll be able to truly be who you are without feeling the need to hide. So that's one of the things. And consider how others feel. When you're lying about something, you may not have the ability to process certain things, but take into consideration how it might make other people feel if you really are not being honest, and find alternatives to lying. One important way to stop lying can be identifying a situation where you might be tempted to lie and think of an alternative way to cope. So what are some substitutes? You can start small. Sometimes you might have to write things down. You don't have to share everything, but you can tell the truth without sharing everything. For example, if people are curious about aspects of your life, you don't have to tell them everything about you, but keep it short, keep it brief, keep it simple. And or sometimes change the subject, but don't just go around the mulberry bush. Now, the other caller that's online, I want to know what you want to say or add to the show about individuals that may struggle with resisting the temptation to lie. Number is it in four two two zero? You know you can talk. You're not on mute. She's Okay, if you want to call in and you want to join in on the show, give us a call at five one six three eight seven one nine one four because this is a platform for individuals to share, to work through things, to encourage, to empower, to promote. It's not to throw people up under the bus. It's not to embarrass individuals. It's to break bad habits and create new habits. And like I said, how do you stop yourself? My Right now is we're having the biggest problem with my grandson, who's seven years old, with trying to stop him from lying. Because he will look dead in my daughter's face and tell her a bold-faced lie. And my daughter be looking at him, it's like she got a radar, like, I know you're lying. I know that it's not the truth. I know. And he will try his best. I'll give you one. The other day, Amazon delivered a package to the house. 
with his name on it. You should have saw me and my daughter checking our Amazon accounts, checking our credit cards to see if this sucker that got a hold of our credit cards and took the order order stuff on Amazon. But he said, maybe they got the wrong writer. Maybe they didn't mean to send it to me. Now, the package didn't really match, so I really got to call one of my friends down the street just to see if she ordered something and forgot to click the thing because it came to my house in writer's name. But normally, writer would not have been honest about something like that, you know. So how do you, first of all, Mr. Ed, what about children? What do you do with children if you see them starting off um, with the temptation to lie for no reason? What do you do with children? Well, as far as children, you're talking about a whole other animal, so to speak. <laughs> uh-huh. Like uh, 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 Bill Crosby said a long time ago in one of his records, in one of his live uh, shows, he said that uh, kids are, they come out lying. <laughs> That's when the first thing they say, they're lying. <laughs> you know, they, they just start, they, they start like liars. That's just who they are, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, so they really don't understand, but that's just, you know, you know, oh, but before he also said they also born brain dead, you know, but that's another thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> well but, but the point is, uh, you know, they, uh, as far as, you know, kids, they, they lie automatically because, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just, you can, take, you can take a three-year-old and if they know how to say any kind of words, okay, they're going to lie, period. That's just who they are. I mean, if, if if you see a kid, he didn't got in the cookie jar, he got sugar and stuff all around his mouth, and you say, hey, did you eat the cookie? And he'll say no. Well, that was a game of who <laughs> ate the cookie out the cookie. Out the cookie yeah. out the yeah. uh-huh. but, but this is the thing, though, Ed. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Because we're you all, you, with all, that. You, all, you, don't, you don't, don't lie automatically? No, I'm telling you where I disagree. They will lie if it's to get them out of trouble. If they're scared, they're going to get in well, that, trouble. Well, it, it's still a lie. Okay, it's still reason they're lying. But if they got it's still lying. The time. But what I don't do, this is what I don't do. I don't go up to my uh, grandkids and say, how do I look? Because they, they go tell me. Or... <laughs> you know, some places, you don't want to yeah, ask a child. Yeah. They'll, 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 they'll lie the about something they did, but they'll tell the you the truth. So it depends on what you're asking them. Now, if you ask them a question that's going to, they know it's going to result in a punishment, they're trying to avoid the punishment. Now, I want to say this, and I'm, yeah. I'm going back and forth, and I want to talk about the three sources of temptation. The three sources of temptations have been described as the world, meaning indifference and opposition to what we call God's design, empty path and values, the flesh. We have to deny the flesh, gluttony, sexual morality, moral inclinations, and disordered passion. We got to be careful with that. And the devil. You know, there's a saying, resist the devil and the devil will flee. But is that true? How long you got to keep resisting the devil before he leave you alone? So when we start talking about the devil, the real personal enemy and the fallen angel, father of lies, so a lot of times we get caught up in the flesh 
we have to resist these things. Like you're talking about with the cookie. Oh, I've been wanting me some. I got, I got, I used to love when I was a kid putting the cookies in the oven, the Pillsbury cookies, the chocolate chip ones. You cut, you cut them, you bake them. When I was a kid, I'll never forget. I got kicked out the house because my friend down the street would tell, told me, "Jeanette, I baked some cookies." I stepped outside to get some cookies. My, my mother woke up and told my sisters to lock the door. I had to sleep outside with the dog. You know, I would ditch school just to go eat. Most people ditch school to hang out with boys and stuff like that. And that would hop a fence and ditch school for a dog on bacon, I mean, for a um, bologna and cheese sandwich. You know, so those <laughs> were some of the things. Oh, I was horrible. I was horrible. I would hop the fence. All my friends had to say was, Jeanette, my daddy got a coffee cake at home. Jeanette, my daddy just bought some bologna. I'm like, come on, let's go. Wow. That ain't something. But I'm only at school because I'm at somebody else eating. I wouldn't even spend a night over people's house unless they just went grocery shopping. So when we talk about these things and the temptations, and like I said, food was my temptation. Jeanette wants to go get something to eat all the time. I want to go over some of the things that they they have as common temptations. Eating too much, spending too much, laziness. This one is huge. This is huge. <laughs> Venting on social media. I did not know that. Gossiping. Some people cannot resist the urge to gossip. Feeling jealous. Viewing pornography. Lying, which we talked about, or cheating. Some individuals cannot resist the temptation to cheat and abusing alcohol or drugs. Those are what they talk about the common. And these are, and it says, what is the temptation common to man? And that one can kind of um, kind of vary because they talk about different types of, the two different types of temptations, and they talk about, these are the two types of temptations. The devil has one more in store for Jesus. But by the same token, it reminds me of the Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. Well, then why you do that? The devil made me do it. Or so-and-so made me do it. Or I was tempted. You know, but then I got to the point when I was a kid, my mother used to say, if you did it because you wanted to do it, I'm cool with that. You can get passed on that. But if you do it because somebody else makes you do it, that's when your grand, your parents would say, well, if your friend jump off the bridge, are you going to jump off the bridge too? Hell no, I jumped off the bridge. My friend jumped off the bridge. I'm going to push my friend off the bridge. You know, so those are some of the things that we just have to be mindful when we start talking about temptations and what makes something tempting. And temptation is something you want to have or do, even though you know you shouldn't. It's like, they say when you know better, you do better. But what is it that really lure individuals to where you knew you didn't have no business being over there? You knew you shouldn't have been out that late at night. You knew you shouldn't have ate that last cookie or piece of cake. But you did it anyway. You did it anyway. What is your take on that, Mr. Ed? Um, my take, um, it's really, you know, like I, like I said earlier, it's really, it really depends on the individual. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to judge what somebody, you know, what, what makes somebody do things 
uh, or to act on their temptation. It's like, for instance, when somebody does you wrong, for instance, right, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you you know, you may, you know, get to thinking about vengeance, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had, you know, coming up, I've been in a situation where people have done me wrong, and I, I've had all kinds of bad thoughts on, <laughs> on getting back, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but... Um, of course, with me being, you know, a good-hearted person like I am, that's not really the kind of person I am. So even though mm-hmm. I thought about doing bad things, <laughs> you know, I I didn't because that's not who I am, okay? So mm-hmm. that would be one thing to help you restrain from acting on temptation if that's not really you. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, when you were saying earlier, about people acting on um, on uh, uh, um, you know on on whims like uh, you know the sex or gambling or, or whatever, um, if mm-hmm. that's not you, then it's not that hard to resist. Okay, if it's not Correct. you, it's not really easy to do that. Okay, you may mm-hmm. think about it, you know, but it's, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you may think of something, anything over over your lifetime. That doesn't mean you're going to act on it just because you think on it, right? Right. There so, you go. You know. Sometimes we we will feel, oh, we can think first. We think it, we feel it, and we act on it. But if you feel it and you think about it and then you act, but you might act differently. But I want to get to what we were talking about, and I, I hear what you're saying in regards to the the revenge. And I remember I had this, I, I love being around older people because they give you wisdom. One of my best, best friends, she, I think she's like 88 years old this year. She'll be 88. And I love Miss Park and I love Miss Betty because they implement and instill wisdom in me, and I appreciate them for that. But I remember when I used to be hot-tempered when I was younger, and Miss Betty used to say, baby, let them live. Because as long as they live, you ain't got to do nothing. And it taught me to just sit back. I don't even wait for people's demise. I don't even want nothing bad to happen to somebody. I don't think like that anymore. I will let it out. I'm not going to say you let things go, but you can get through things. Because when you hold on to it, you give people your power. And when you give them your power, you be more tempted because you want to get them back. You want to, I'll show you. And you wait until I, no, no, baby. Mm-mm. I ain't even let, I'm not going to even engage or entertain that thought. I'm not going to even do it. So when we start talking about, they say the best revenge is when you have the opportunity to do something and you don't. And you worth it. It is so not worth it. And they sitting up there waiting on you or, you know, to retaliate. or to, You don't even need to do that. You don't even need to do it. Now, temptation. And I want to go into attractions are completely normal and to a certain extent, and this is more in relationships. However, some circumstances are more threatening than others. Don't put yourself in them. So if you're out there and you know you are a chronic cheater, a chronic liar, or you try to have multiple relationships, don't put yourself in situations that you know it's going to be costly unless you're willing to pay the cost. Now, here are four ways to fight 
temptation. When we talk about these four ways, and this is coming from, I'm going to tell you where it's coming from. It talks about four ways to fight temptation. Use it to actually improve your relationship. And a person who wrote this article is named um, Gabrielle. And one of the things that Gabrielle talks about in regards to the temptation, and she got more of a, you know, sweets and stuff like that, she said you have to set boundaries in a relationship. All relationships are different and are found on different expectations. Even open relationships can run a month. But depending on the ground rules you set with your partner, blurring the lines might not be okay. So avoid crossing any line if you know it's going to hurt you or your partner. I used to tell my ex-husband, and he made, it, it made no sense to him. I said, respect yourself, respect me, and respect our relationship. It keeps you out of trouble. If you know you're somewhere you don't need to be, you need to leave. I'm going to tell you what to do. But these are the glass rules. Or think about this. When you're out there doing this, you don't know who may be looking at your home. Some mess up your house. But you've got to set boundaries in regards to relationship with temptation. Mr. Ed, what is your take on that? Setting boundaries. Well, of course, I'm in agreement. You gotta set boundaries. You gotta, you know, you gotta <laughs> set the guidelines. Without that, you know, you gotta have, that's, you know, that's part of that's part of the foundation to any relationship. And you gotta have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some individuals have difficulties with setting boundaries because they don't know how to tell people no. Or, like I said, they want the immediate, immediate gratification, especially if they are a people pleaser. If they are a people pleaser and they want to please everyone, but what does the Bible say? Who pleases everyone pleases no one. You're not going to make everybody happy. Boundaries keep you safe. Boundaries keep you protected. Boundaries let people know where you draw the line. The second thing that they say when we talk about resisting temptation in a relationship, ask yourself if it's worth it. If you think it's worth it and you want to take that chance, go for it. But you got to have a conversation with yourself, meaning is it worth it? The most important thing to consider if you're in a tempting situation is what you stand to lose if you're giving it. Now, people can forgive you and still not mess with you. Because they're not going to keep forgiving. You know, our, our, people say, I can forgive, but I can't forget. No, you're not going to forget. But you've got to work on your pain. If you're holding on to something because you are struggling with unforgiveness or contentment in regards to something someone did to you, you can forgive them without them even knowing. Baby, I gave you a pass because you will not entertain face in my head for free. So you got to ask yourself, with the person that's doing this, is it even worth it? If you want to, go for it. But if you did it and now you got the consequences, you got to wallow in that. So, again, think about the situation and ask yourself if it's worth it. 
What is your take on that, um, Mr. Ed? Because a lot of times people do things because they think they're going to get away with it or they think that they're not going to get caught or they – do you do they even consider if it was even worth it? We talk about the eighty twenty rule. We talk about these different things, but we talk about the work. You know, some people say I was just experimenting. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be a big idea, a good idea, or people blame other people for their behavior. What is your take on asking yourself? Is this even worth it? Well, what you just said. I mean, some people, you know, they actually blame other people for what they do to them. I mean, I mean, you've got mm-hmm. people just like that. They'll sit there and they'll say, well, I wouldn't have did this if you didn't do or if you would have did what I said or this, or if you had a did or if you hadn't did, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have cheered on you if, if you would have did what you would have did, you know, what I thought you should have did or whatever, you know, you know, stuff like that. You know, they, they'll blame you for whatever they did to you, see. You know, you're, you're the reason Correct. They, they did you wrong. <laughs> so just, therefore, you justified their wrong because of what you did or didn't do. So, oh, God, you, you know, said so. Think you like think that. They did you wrong. It was all my fault you decided to go do this. So I, um, I'm, I'm responsible for this. Yeah, right. You know, another thing to talk about, number three, is look at the big picture. While something might feel tempting at the moment or in the moment, consider the outcome of your actions. Consider, when we talk about that, both the people – but it says both for you and the people you love. A great way to do this is to think about your long-term goals, meaning if you feel tempted to do something, first consider yourself, also consider the other people that you love. Now, if your goal is to stay in a solid relationship, it might be best to avert your eyes from other people that you may feel that you know that are tempting you. But if you feel that your relationship is worth exploring and you want to be with somebody else, go for it. You tempted to do it. Another thing they talk about, the fourth thing, is don't torture yourself. Temptation and attraction are completely normal and to a certain extent inevitable. However, some circumstances might be more threatening than others, so don't put yourself in them if you can't help it, if you can help it, meaning if 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 I know that I got issues with men, I'm not gonna be at no strip club with a bunch of men and men. That's gonna be a problem. If I know that I got problems, like I said, with the casino, I'm not gonna go on the first of the month and take my mortgage money and my car note money and then lose it and can't pay my household bills. That's a problem. So you don't even want to tempt yourself. And I'm going back to the casino because a lot of times I've seen people in the casino, leave the casino, go to their car, get some more money, and go back in the casino. Meaning, if you did all of that, why do you, with your car, you just didn't get in your car and go home? Why are you going to take the money out and go back in there? That don't even make no sense. <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Okay? Well, that's what you call, so, that's what you call, being an addict, like for instance, um, you know, like some people misunderstand what an addict is. Okay, they think it's an addict that somebody said that does something con- con- consecutively every day, and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. so. You can be a be an addict just on one a day on a one day situation. You know, you can be a nice, you know, you can be in a, you know, perfectly good mindset and everything all through the you know period of time. You go to and from work, you live your life. Mm-hmm. But once you get in that casino, 
is a whole other thing. The one thing I tell people is addiction. Addiction is when you're doing something or you're using to fight the consequences. And um, we talk about despite the consequences, meaning a lot of times we know what the consequences are, but at the time we don't realize it. And when we talk about doing something without um Despite the cons, that becomes a issue because it can have an impact on your health. It can have an impact in your relationship. It can have an impact within your employment, within your education, meaning it's causing a disruption or some type of um, level of functioning to where you're running into challenges, and that's where it becomes a problem. So or people get arrested and go to jail. You can get one DUI and still be diagnosed with substance abuse, substance dependence, Okay. Now, I want to go to some ways of, and it talks about nine ways to resist temptation, but get the word can't. A lot of individuals say, but I can't do this. I can't. I used to tell my sisters what she used to tell me what she can't do. I used to say, if you can't, what makes you think I can't? And she'll look at me and get mad at me. But you would tell me what you can't do. So if you can't do it, what am I supposed to do it? Sometimes we got to get others involved. we got to have a buddy system. That's one of the things that I do now. I try my best to surround myself with good, positive people to hold me accountable. And I hold them accountable. And we're going to be honest about it. Accountability is huge when we're talking about resisting tempting behavior. Hold yourself accountable. I got this one friend, it's funny because her name is Dr. Lisa Romain. Every time I want to do something I ain't got no business doing, I, I try to dodge her. I stay away from her. And she'd be like, what you doing? I've been thinking about you. I know you're up to something. I'd be like, you make me sick. <laughs> she just hear it in my voice. As soon as she hear my voice, you know, when I'm up to something. But having an accountability partner, like getting other people involved. Some things, if it's food, you got to keep them out of sight, keep things away from you. Sometimes you got to hide it. Consider your schedule, plan ahead remove the temptation, and I like this, find distractions. A lot of times when we're talking about tempting behavior, you got to find alternatives and ways to distract you, meaning whatever the temptation is, sometimes people try to do the opposite, or what they'll do is they'll try to find ways to distract yourself from doing it, you know, whether it's, it's binge-watching television. I know on Sunday, Lord, I binge-watched that show, Your Honor. It didn't know that it started, I think, in 2000 or 2021. And it, I watched, like, 13 seasons in one day of season one. I started with season two, but then I figured out how to get to season one. Binge-watching. I was so tempted to find out why the hell the judge went to jail I had to watch all the doggone seasons. That was very tempting. And now I can't figure out how to get it back on my TV to figure out how I got to episode nine, I think eight, nine, ten. <laughs> I got to figure it out because I was falling asleep. So what about distractions? Mr. Ian, what are some of the things that you do when you know that I ain't got no business doing this, I need to find a distraction? What do I do? Mm-hmm. What do you I, find, I, I find something else to look at. 
I have something else to focus on. If I know it's something that I don't There's want to do, else. I don't want to, that I don't want to deal with, then I'll just find something else to um, to occupy my mind. You know, okay. like a lot of times I'll find something just some one one trick I've learned over the years. I think I've been doing this for the last I don't know last forty years. I'll find something on TV. I'll find, you know, some goofy show on TV, something I don't even watch on a normal basis, just something just, to, you know, so goofy to where I'm so, I'm so focused on the, the group being you know, on the show to where I'm distracted from whatever else I was thinking. And that's the only thing I'll do. I'll find some silly show, a uh, cartoon or something, or something that, you know, that I normally don't watch, you know, just to, you know, or sometimes, I, you know, at, at that time, like, see, you know, 20, 30, 30 years ago, I had, you know, a lot of sitcoms and stuff I used to watch, you know, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff does distract you, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. like, today today I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I watch more YouTube and, and stuff. But um, but the point is, it's the same, pretty much the same thing. Find something that's, um, you know, just kind of awkward, you know. So mm-hmm. take your mind. Like, for instance. The reason I don't watch a lot of TV, especially like like you know local news and stuff, because I get so upset, you know, with what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. politics, crime, and other dumb stuff going on. And so what I do, I go to YouTube where I can pick and choose what I want to watch, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I do have apps apps on my phone and stuff, you know, so I can watch certain news programs, you know, stay up to date on what's going on. But I can pick and choose, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, just turn to the channel and just gotta watch what's there, you know. And um, that's the same thing you can do to distract yourself with something else. You can go ahead and just find something, mm-hmm. you know, like say, find something on something on Nickelodeon or something on uh, on on uh, TNT or something on some other channel that's you know it's just awful awkward, you know. And mm-hmm. it, it will actually you know help you change your mindset. It's interesting what you said in because, like I said, I will binge watch TV shows, but I like to, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, I like to find something to make me laugh. Laughter is a distraction for me. Find something to make well, me laugh or I'll listen to music and I'll want to dance. I don't care if I got to just dance on the set, you know, I don't know how to dance. I do my old my old old school dances that I've been doing since I was in middle school, you know. <laughs> but I will listen to music, sing and dance, or I will find something to make me laugh, and that will distract me from any other type of ill thoughts or, or whatever is, is going on. Now, because Tuesday, like I said, is those days, the day that we normally do the show, I want to do give some Bible verses about temptations, and it says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And that's in 1 Corinthians 13. I remember one time I was in church, and I went to the altar, and I said, Lord, they say you don't give nobody no more than they can bear, but I think you got me just up because this is just a little bit too much. I don't want to deal with all this. <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm like, really? You know, another scripture they talk about is watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 2641. Because a lot of times individuals get caught up in the flesh. 
Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that's in James 4, 7. And blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say he is tempted. I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and the sin, fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived my beloved brothers. We need to be mindful of that because a lot of times we get so caught up, we think, ain't nothing going to happen. I can do this. I can just ask for forgiveness. I can say, oh, just I'm sorry, and I won't do it no more. It's like getting a whooping. What the first thing a child say when they get a a whooping, I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. I stopped saying it because my mother knew as soon as I said that I was going to do it again. (laughs) That was not going to work for me. So, Mr. Ed, what do you want the listeners to know? Because we've still got about six minutes left. I don't see any phone calls. I do see people on the Facebook that says um, Bobby um, Watkins is watching. You know, Richard Lawrence was watching. There was other people watching. We still got a caller that's called in, but I haven't said anything that I was waiting to hear her input in regards to temptation and how, you know, she may deal with temptations because sometimes we can get ourselves caught up in situations and try to get ourselves out of those situations. Mine was also with working. I was a workaholic. I was sitting there, and I was still sitting in the room forever, in my computer room, you know, and, and don't do what I was supposed to be doing. But by that same token, I'm just sitting here looking like I'm busy. So when we start talking about some of these things, and like I said, the distractions, distractions can be healthy, they can be unhealthy. Some people used to say, well, I'm just going to stay busy. And I said, that's being under Satan's joke. That doesn't mean you're productive. What are, what are some of the ways that we can do or some of the things that we can do so that we don't get burned out, we don't wind up in trouble, we can resist the temptation, we can find healthy ways of doing things, having healthy relationships? What are some of the things that are, what, what would you like to tell the listeners, Mr. Ed? Well, for starters, um in the first place, you may want to um, stay in the house. <laughs> okay. That's a start. Stay, stay in the because house. Because if you go out. Really? Yeah, you stay in the house? Yeah, stay in the house okay. and, you know, and really, and really contemplate what's, what's your next move, okay? Um, as I was saying earlier, you know, watching a TV show that can be distracting or whatever. Try to steal some negative stuff, you know, like politics and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, you know. But uh, you know, you know, watch something that's you know, like like you said, something that might might, might make you laugh or something that's just weird or something like that that makes your mind work over time. You know, try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, before you decide anything, make sure you got to contemplate your next move. So that's why I say just sit. Don't just get up, throw your clothes on, get in your car, you know, because then uh-huh. you're going you're going to pretty much you're going to pretty much go with the flow at that point, you know. Uh-huh. Sit, hold on, yeah, think, contemplate, right. okay, on what the next move is going to be. See, and then of course depending it's, it's on your situation. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it will vary based on that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like so, as we so, age, which for older people you would say sit still, maybe go lay down, take a nap, feel, because we would be so always on the go, immediate gratification. Just go 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 go. Well, go, I don't go. necessarily. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say the lay down part because I you know I get tired of sometimes myself just sitting up in the house you know so I definitely ain't gonna go lay down after I've been sitting up all day you know. <laughs> I mean you know I, I work on I work on computers a lot. I work online a lot and. And I'm not going to, you know, be ready to just, you know, too much. I, first thing I'd like to do once I get through working, I like to go out, you know, go out just for, you know, if I'm do nothing but just ride around the neighborhood, you know, and just stretch my legs or whatever and just see stuff, you know. Not necessarily mm-hmm. doing nothing, just ride around a little bit, you know. Maybe drive, ride, mm-hmm. you know, ride around maybe a two-mile radius or something, you know. Else and stuff. I might stop mm-hmm. at a fast food place. I might stop at a Seven Eleven, grab a drink or something. You know, just something. You know, Starbucks, grab me a, you know, a tea or something, green mm-hmm. tea or something. Okay. Know, just something that's, right. you know, like that. And that right well, there in itself, you know. Did you to um, satisfy and gratify? Hey, cousin Teresa, I see you out there, and you can call in, even though we're about to run out of time. We've got two minutes left on the show. But again, if you want to share some of the things that you do to resist temptation, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because you never know how you may be helping another person when they're tempted to do something. And, you know, whether you're upset about something, you're mad about something. I remember one time I got so mad at my sister, and my daughter was like, Mom, don't come to concert. Just don't come to concert. Just don't. I went and I just started. You know, some people do housework. Some people clean up. Some people, so it depends on what it is, energy that you exhibit. So I want to give you some more information on how to resist temptation. Define what you need. A lot of times individuals don't know what they need or what they want. There is a difference between what you need and what you want when I was talking about with the Jaguar. I may have wanted a Jaguar, but I didn't need a Jaguar, and I still didn't get it because I ain't got time for that maintenance. So when we start about what you mean. <laughs> That's one thing about a Jaguar. I, that that used to be my dream car, Jaguar, until oh. I had a friend of mine that bought one, and I saw all the headaches he went through with it. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't get one. <laughs> you know? My stepfather yeah. told me before he died, don't you buy no Jag. And every time I would go on a car dealer at a lot, I'd see a pretty red one. Or gray is my color. Normally all my cars be gray. Or gray one. I don't like black because I don't like washing my cars all the time. But I was like, ooh, I got to resist the temptation. I can't get this dog on jack, you know. So, again, but I, I haven't did it, so I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient because part of it is obedient. But also, not only... Yeah, that was pretty nice. Like I said, I, I've had a few friends that, that had them, you know, but every one of them had issues <laughs> that I don't want to share. Mr. Ed, I ain't going to let you talk me into going to go buy no jack. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear where you're going. Where's the accountability, Mr. Ed? I'm not going to buy a jack. No. Um, so focus uh, on the jack. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Always weigh the negatives and the positives. 
in some cases, temptation seems too luring to avoid, but its effect may be the only thing that stops you from falling for it. I'm not going to listen to Mr. Ed tell me to go buy no jag. I'm not going to do it. Another thing is get rid of self-defeating thoughts. Sometimes these thoughts can get us in trouble. Identify your triggers and avoid them, meaning if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's love, if it's whatever it is, you've got to know your triggers and your cravings, and you've got to try your best to avoid them. We have what's called also HALT, and we talk about that in addiction. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, those are some of the things that get people in trouble. And be accountable. When you do something, be accountable for what you do. And find healthy alternatives to your temptation. So, you know, those are some of the things that we talked about. Now, we ran out of time. And, again, I want to thank you for joining me here for another show here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And I also want to say one key to resisting temptation is consistent. You've got to be consistent. You've got to pray for strength, for each other, sometimes share your beliefs, and try to determine the right thing it is, the right thing for you, the right thing for your relationship, and the right thing for the person that you're with. That keeps you in your safety zone. So, Mr. Ed, anything you want to leave the listeners with before we end the show tonight? Uh, it was an honor to be here and, um, you know, and um, interact with you on this topic. I really appreciate it, and I'm uh, looking forward to the next time we can do this. Okay. Um, Miss Lady, anything you want the listeners to know before we end the show? Okay. I want to say this. And this is one of the things that I also teach my clients when we're dealing with the, um, or when I'm teaching a redox prevention plan, whether it's drug or alcohol use, whether it's sex addictions, whether it's gambling addictions, I tell them resist, refuse, and be consistent. Resist it, meaning just say no. Mm-mm, no, find whatever excuse. Refuse it, don't need it right now and be consistent. If you resist, refuse to be consistent, those cravings and those temptations will go away. And sometimes people will even stop gnawing at you, trying to get you to do things that you don't want to do. So resist, refuse, and be consistent. Those are some helpful tips. Now, on Monday, I am going to be having an individual who is a chiropractor, and um, he will also be on the show. And we're going to be talking about releasing trauma. There are a lot of individuals that have experienced some type of childhood trauma or some type of trauma or traumatic event, and they're struggling with how these the trauma may be still impacting them in their life today, whether it's within their employment or whether it's within their relationship. So we're going to be talking about that in regards to releasing trauma, whether you do it in a way that's medically, if you do it in a way that's um, that's therapeutically, but we got to let some of that trauma go. And there's a difference between trauma and baggage. Sometimes you can work with people with their baggage. But if an individual has trauma they have not worked through, that would be a problem. So, again, I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until Monday, be safe. And remember, you got this. Thank you very much. Show us all goodbye. Good night, Abney.
Bye-bye.